Welcome to the Live Unstuckable podcast. My name is Latia Powell and I am the Unstuckable Coach and I specialize in getting people unstuck. It's a special thing that I do. I absolutely love it. It's we know that powerful people get stuck all the time. Sometimes getting stuck is not a matter of weakness. Weakness it's a matter of just having a different perspective, um, having another voice. And it's something that I just love to do. So let's jump in. The last podcast, I did the first half of 10 things that have granted me peace. And if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. It was my very first one. Some great feedback so far. We talked about letting go of the need to understand. <sighs> That's a hard one. We talked about relinquishing my standard of fairness. We talked about requiring closure and while we don't really need closure. We talked about having multiple perspectives and learning to see things from different ways, how it can give you a better insight and, and help to keep you moving. And the last one we talked about was refusing to entertain assumptions as truth, basically imaginations. That's a heavy one also. Very good, very good stuff, but we're going to continue on through the next five. Now, I'm excited to dive in. Get your pen, get your notebook. Um, I would love for you to have a notebook with different color pens um, so you can write out a point and then take your different color pen and write out your revelation from it and how it applies to you. Like that's just, that's how I study when I'm studying the word or different things like that. That's what I do. I write out the point and then I write out the actual application. So get out your notebook, get your pen, get your two different color pens. If you only have blue and black for now, but you got to go to the store and get a purple pen. Okay. Because I love purple. Purple is life. So go get a purple pen for the next podcast and we get ready to dive in. Let's get started. So number six in the 10 things that granted me peace, this one is, I don't want to say funny, but it, it makes me laugh when I think about it. Number six is realizing I don't have a clue most of the time. Like we see all these things on social media, all of these memes and, you know, I am the master of my own destiny and you don't have a lane so created and, you know, all of these things that let you know you are supposed to know step by step where you're going, what you're doing, how you're supposed to get there, all the pitfalls that you're going to face and all of these things that let you know that if you don't know what your destiny is, then you are the problem. That's the vibe that's out there these days when the majority of humans Christian, non-Christian or whatever, really don't have a clue about anything. We're just throwing spaghetti on the wall out here, trying to figure it out. If you're anything like me, you have a very detailed and very vivid picture. But that picture can seem so far away. And one of the things that I've learned to come to grips with is I'll have a brush or I'll have a vision of something of the future and I will see something and it'll make me gasp. And I'm just like, and then after it's over, I'm like, but how, but when, but where, but who, but what? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And 
The other thing that goes with that is nothing in your life kind of seems like it's lining up with the pictures that you keep seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it just doesn't seem to line up when in all actuality, it really does. But one thing that I had to come to terms with in this phase of my life is that I don't have a clue most of the time. I'm doing my best to walk in my purpose and my destiny, but I am in a very um, drastic season of the unknown. I mean, it is completely, it's like blind. It's like totally blind. It is completely blind. I knew I was supposed to do this podcast. I knew I was supposed to do this, um, the classes and the, all the different things that I'm doing and the coaching, but I don't know what, I don't always know how I'm supposed to begin. I'm the topics like where, what are you supposed to get this information from? But God never lets me down. He never fails. It always comes as I take a step. As I take a step, he always provides what I need. So for me personally, realizing that I don't have a clue most of the time is teaching me how to fully rely on God and not my gifts, not my intelligence, not my degrees, not any of that not my experience. It's just to rely on God because when you're doing things like life coaching or, you know, even this podcast or the classes or any of those things, I don't take that stuff lightly. This is involving someone's life. And as a person of influence, when you're talking on these things and you have people listening, that means that they are wanting something from you that can help to recalibrate them, to shift their life, to bring them to a next level. That's a heavy responsibility. So you can't just be out here all willy nilly, just doing whatever you want. You need for God to let you know what it is you're supposed to be doing. And I'm here to tell you, he lets me know as I'm taking a step. He doesn't give out the plan book ahead of time. Sometimes you turn the page and it's blank until you start reading. Weird, right? But that's what it feels like. That's just this current season. I have had times when it was like you you get the list, you get the um you get the the goals, you know what you're supposed to do and you you go after them wh- whether you do them all the best or not. You you kind of have a, a blueprint. That's what I'm trying to say. But there are some seasons in life where you don't have a blueprint. And that's the kind, that's the phase that I'm in right now. And you know what? It's okay. When I realized that that's the phase that I'm in, one with no blueprint, it helped me to stop looking for one. It helped me to stop trying to write a blueprint. It helped me to stop trying to find the answer when there is no answer. That's something else I want to add on here as well. Understanding that everything doesn't have an answer. Hold on, is that on is that on this list? No, but I'm gonna talk about that next. Because that also was something that granted me peace. Was to understand that everything doesn't have an answer. There are some things that we go through in life that seems like what is the point? What is this? What is this about? And you know what? It doesn't have an answer. And when you can come to terms with some things don't have an answer, I promise you, it'll bring you peace. So that was number six B, realizing that everything doesn't have an answer all the time. And here's number seven. This was a big one for me. 
accepting that I am God's responsibility. All this thing set me free. Now, it's something that needs to be practiced on a daily basis. But sometimes as adults, you know, we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible to pay our bills. If something goes wrong, it is up to you to fix it. Um, you have a job. It is your responsibility to take, to take care of the things at your job. Like all of these things are your responsibility. And we can tend to forget. It can feel a bit abstract at times to know that you are God's responsibility. But the things that feel out of control, those are the things that I'm speaking to the most. The things that feel out of your control. You know those things that you didn't have anything to do with why it started? It's just random, weird stuff that you just, it's like, why is this even happening? Why are we here? Who did this? What did I do? Whose child did I hurt? Did I push a grandma in the street in the moving traffic or something? Did I trip this kid when I was in third grade? Like, why is all of this happening? What is this about? And sometimes you can go through circles and you can go through all of these different levels of anxiety up and down, in and out. And you're stressed to the max because you don't have the answer to figure it out. But here it is. It's not your responsibility. It's God's responsibility. It's God's responsibility. If, especially if it's, if it's out of your control, it's got to be on God. This is not an excuse for you to not do, to t not to take care of your responsibility. Because I am big on taking responsibility for the things that you need to take responsibility for. But I'm talking about those things that stress you out to the max. Your heart beats fast because you know what? You just really don't know what the answer is and you don't know what you're going to do. It's not your responsibility. And so when you can give it to God and say, hey, God, this is what this is. I don't know the answer. I don't know what to do. And honestly, nothing I can think of is good enough to solve it. I'm giving it to you. When you can actually come to terms with you have to give that thing to God. And let him give you a creative way out or let him completely solve it because he's good at that. Regardless of how he plans to solve it, it is not your responsibility. Either he's going to give you the answer or he's going to fix it. Either way, it's God's responsibility. When I learned to accept that I was God's responsibility, it helped me to calm down about some things that just were really, really starting to harm me emotionally because I was, I was having anxiety. And here's the thing. I never really had anxiety before. But sometimes it just takes the right thing to get you there. And when that right thing happened, I had to take a step back and say, okay, I am God's responsibility. It took me a minute to get there. But once I got there, I was granted peace because I can't fix this. I can't do anything about it. I don't have the answer. I'm not smart enough. If God wants to give me something creative, he wants to show me a way. I am open. I'm willing. I'm ready. But if he doesn't, that means he has a plan to part of see that I don't see. Because that's how the children of Israel felt. 
they hit that Red Sea and they're like, oh no, oh no, uh-uh. So first Moses, so first the problem is you brought us out of Egypt. You was fighting with Pharaoh, sending frogs and boils and all this kind of stuff. And he kept trying to say, no, I'm not letting them go. And you kept saying, no, Pharaoh, but God said, and then God said, and then God forgot. God forgot? You mean he let us by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? And now we get into this, the, uh, this sea and he forgot? No, he didn't forget. God didn't forget. And Moses, he told Moses what to do. And Moses did something unconventional. And a way, an unconventional way was made. And not only was an unconventional way made, but the enemy was swallowed up in that victory as well. So you have to accept that it's not your responsibility when it's out of your control. When you're facing that Red Sea and the enemy is behind you and that that wall of water is before you, it is on God to make this happen. He can't speak to you and give you something creative. He can do it. I've been there. And he can also part that sea himself. Number seven, accepting that I am God's responsibility. Number eight, Woo, chair. Mm, my Lord, this one right here. This one right here, let me tell you something. Oh my gosh, this one, number eight. Are you ready? Do you have your little pen and paper? Because remember in the intro, I told you to make sure you have it. I hope you still have it because this one is good. We might talk about this one for a little bit longer, but here it goes. Number eight, allowing people to think whatever they want and not defending myself. Come on, church. Where are you? I'll say it again. Allowing people to think whatever they want and not defending myself. So we all have people that will take what we say the wrong way. They will take what we do the wrong way. They will take what we post the wrong way. They will take how we present ourselves the wrong way. They will take everything about us the wrong way. And you know what? They're going to tell some other people why they don't like us. And those people are going to tell other people. And it's always going to be a thing. Somebody's always talking about you somewhere. There is, you know what? You know what I found out? It is impossible to keep your name out of other people's mouths. That's something I used to say when I was younger. Keep my name out your mouth. No, I'm not telling anybody else to keep my name out their mouth. Talk about me as much as you want. Just make sure that when you spell my name, you use a capital T. Don't keep my name out your mouth. It's fine. Because anybody that I would defend myself to had already made up their mind about me. Too many times we try to explain ourselves to people that have already decided who we are to them. They've already decided. They've already decided who we are to them. They've already decided that you are not their cup of tea. They have already decided they don't like you. They have already decided that they get offended by you. They have already decided all of these things. And here you are going to try to explain yourself so they can think differently about you. And they've already decided. If the only way, if the only way, listen to me now, if the only way you can feel different about me is if I explain myself to you. You are not going to get that opportunity to think differently about me because I don't owe you an explanation of me when you've already decided what you think about me. I owe you absolutely nothing. 
So I will leave you to what you think. I'm going to leave you to it. You can have it. It's your choice. It's your choice. Think about that person that you don't like. Let's bring it home. Think about that person that you don't like. Think about why you don't like them. If they were to come to you and were to say, let's see, if they were to come to you and they were to say, you know, when I did this, this is what I meant. And they started to explain, like if you said why you had a problem with them and they started to explain it. Do you know most of the time it wouldn't change how you felt about them? And, you know, most of the time you probably wouldn't even believe them anyway. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. If the person that you didn't like came to you and started to explain away all the reasons why they did what they did. Would you believe them? Most likely not. Why? Because you have already decided how you feel about them. So why are you worried about people who have already decided how they feel about you? You know, the people that really care about you, they're the people that they've decided that they're going to they how they feel about you also. And they decided that it's love. They decided that they're your friend. They've decided that they're your family. They've decided that they're you're, you're, they're in the ship with you, whatever type of relationship you've had, you have. And that's through the things that you say and the things that you do that they don't like that you guys can discuss. But at the end of the day, they don't have a negative view of who you are. So y'all can discuss it. But you out here trying to defend yourself to people who don't like you. You're going to spin your, spin your wheels and you're going to have your mind clogged and clouded with reasons of why they're wrong. Your mind is going to be clouded with how to figure out how to change it. Why? That's their choice. Leave them to it. You make choices every day about who you like and who you don't like. It's fine. It's totally fine. So number eight is allowing people to think whatever they want and not defending myself. Sip your tea, honey. Let them think what they want. Number nine. Taking responsibility when I realize I am wrong. This granted me peace. And this is why. One thing that is part of my charm, a part of my je ne sais quoi, is I, um, I can be very, um, I'm very sarcastic. You know, I can have a smart mouth and all that type of stuff. But everybody doesn't like that all the time and it's fine. And I'm a very honest person and I don't say things to try to offend or make people mad or degrade them or anything like that. And sometimes I'm unaware if something is offensive. And so what I have learned is that when I find that something is offensive, if I didn't mean to, I can apologize for how it came across or even apologize for making you feel that way because that wasn't my intent. But one thing that has granted me peace is to take responsibility when I realize I am wrong. Now, if you don't know you're wrong, that's not what I'm talking about. But when you realize you're wrong, one thing that people do is gaslighting. Gaslighting 
is um I'm trying to figure out how the best way to say it. Gaslighting is such a harsh, harsh thing. It's manipulation is what it is. Um, and it's, it's things that people say and do to make you think that what you thought is wrong. For example, I, if I have a friend named Mary and I... Um, Step on Mary's foot. I'm trying to keep it really basic. I step on Mary's foot. And Mary's like, oh, you stepped on my foot. And instead of me taking responsibility for stepping on her foot, whether I did it on purpose or whether it was an accident, I completely flip it around and say, why was your foot under my foot? Why would you be walking in a place to put your foot in the way of where my foot is going to be? Like completely putting it on her for her foot being under my foot. Instead of saying, oh, Mary, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your foot. Gaslighting is another way we place blame. So blame, the whole blame game is very outdated at this point. When we have conversations where all we're doing is blaming other people and we never take a chance to look at what we're doing and how what we said or what we did may have affected someone, even if that wasn't the intent. We can miss an opportunity to grow because sometimes it's not about what you said. It's about how you said it. Sometimes that's what I've learned. And so when I realized that something I was taking, I said was taken the wrong way. I have no problem with saying, oh, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. I don't have any problem with that because I know my track record. I know that people can hear things wrong with me at times, especially people who don't know me. You don't know my heart. That's fine. And sometimes when people do know your heart, you can still offend them because we have to, we don't, we have to stop this where you should know my heart. No, you hurt my feelings, whether I know your heart or not. And so we can't, we can't use the, you should know my heart as an excuse to be out here treating people any kind of way. That's what abuse, that's what abusive people say to other people. I beat you because I love you. You should know I love you when I hit you. No, how can I know that? That's confusing. So you cause a mess, clean it up. It's going to grant you peace because playing the blame game, shifting blame all the time, making sure that you always look innocent in everything and it's always somebody else's fault gets old after a while. And you don't have a lot of peace because you got to try to keep up with why it's always everybody else's fault all the time. No. It's okay if you don't see it that way. But it's not always everybody else's fault all the time. It's just not. And you know what? Making mistakes doesn't make you a bad person. Popping off doesn't make you a bad person. Everybody has triggers. And that's one thing that you need to know. Everybody has triggers. And sometimes you're triggered and you saying you do the wrong thing. And you know what? You need to admit it. I said and I did the wrong thing. When you can do that, you can have peace. Instead of being triggered, going off and acting like you didn't go off and acting like it's everybody else's fault. No. Own your stuff. That's how you grow. 
Number 10, and probably the hardest one for me on this list was number 10. You ready? Not forcing people to be to me what they have decided they don't want to be. The last thing that granted me peace was stop trying to force people to be to me what they have decided they don't want to be. I'll say it again. The last thing on this list of things that granted me peace is stop when I stop trying to force people to be to me what they have decided they don't want to be. What does that mean? There are so many examples of this in our world today, but think about the people in your life that um, you want to be close and maybe they don't want to be close and they keep trying to show you that they don't want that level of relationship and you feel like you're going to force it. You're going to force them to do this by, you know, how you reach out, how you communicate or how you manipulate or different things like that. Um, I've heard cases where. uh, No, I can't talk about that. Um, I've heard where people will do things to make people be in their lives when they've already told them they didn't want to be. And my question is this. Why do you want to force somebody to be in your life that's already said they didn't want to be on that level? Why? Why do we try to force and trap people in relationships they don't want to be in? Why? You think you're going to change their mind? You think you're going to change their perspective? You think you're going to control their heart, their feelings? Why? And too many people are consumed with what they need to do to try to make someone feel or react to them a certain way. No. And I know that that may mean letting people go that proper placing people properly, placing people differently but you have them in a place that they don't have you. And here's the thing, you don't like it and it hurts your feelings. You ever tried to build a relationship with someone who just wasn't invested and you always found yourself sad? You always found yourself feeling empty. You always found yourself feeling less than because this person wasn't as invested as you, but you kept trying. Why? They've already told you that that's not what they want to do. Why are you trying to make people? Even with friendships. You calling people, trying to hang out, trying to set up stuff. And they don't want to do it. And then you keep trying. Why? When people show you who they are, believe them. It doesn't mean you love them any different. But why are you trying to make somebody be to you what they don't want to be? It's causing you too much angst in your heart. It's too much. Why? Why? A lot of people will answer that question is because they would rather have that than to be alone. And they'll never say that out loud. They'll never say it. They'll never admit it. But it's the truth. 
I'd rather have half of a friend than no friends. I'd rather have half of a man than no man. I'd ha rather have half of a girl than no girl. I'd rather have half of this than none at all. Many people would do that. But I want to tell you, if you really want peace, doesn't mean it's not, it's not going to hurt. It doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable. But letting people be to you who they decided to be will grant you peace. Now, I'll say it this way. You can't call me a friend, like a real friend, and you be certain ways towards me. You can't do that. So I'm not saying just let people be whoever they are and run in and out of your life based on what's comfortable for them. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you have if someone has shown you that they are an associate, but they call yourself a friend, treat them as an associate. That's just the basic. That's just the basis of what I'm saying. Some of y'all are in relationships and feel unfulfilled because you've 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 told your partner what it is that you feel you need to feel fulfilled in a relationship and they have no desire, no inkling to grant you that they want what they want and they want to give what they want to give. You'd be amazed at how many people think love language, love languages is about them. No, love languages are always going to be about the other person. I need to know your love language so I can know how to love you. That's what number 10 is about. If I know your love language is quality time, but I don't spend time with you, but my love language is gift giving and I come around every once in a while and I have a gift. I can't be mad when that doesn't get you excited. That doesn't make you feel loved. And now I'm mad at you because you don't like my gifts. No, you're not responding to the correct love language. And so many of you are not being serviced with your love language. And you're accepting it from people who've already told you they're not going to adjust. Now, if you've told them your love language, if you haven't told them your love language or you haven't discussed that with them, because you think about the, the people I know that want to call themselves friends in my life. One of my love languages is quality time. I need time. That's a big thing for me. And when people show me they don't have time for me, I'm not going to consider you a friend. I just can't because quality time is a thing for me. It makes me feel loved. So. You want to show yourself friendly to me? Spend time with me. I don't need your gifts. I don't need your money. Just your time. And if that's not good, if that's not something you're willing to do, we aren't friends. We're associates, but we're not. We're definitely not friends because that's a, that's something that is necessary for me to call you a friend. And so I want you to stop forcing people to love you the way you are designed to love when they don't want to. Now, I'm not talking about the people you haven't talked to yet and say, you know what? This is my love language. This is what I feel like I need. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about those that you know that have already decided that they don't want to be that. Let them be. Giving those people the right to be free from my heart granted me peace. So let's recap really quickly. Number one, 
10 things that granted me peace, letting go of my need to understand. Two, relinquishing my standard of fairness. Three, requiring closure. Whew. Number four, having multiple perspectives. Number five, refusing to entertain assumptions as truth, basically imaginations. Number six, realizing I don't have a clue most of the time. 6B was sometimes things don't have an answer and that's okay. Seven, accepting that I am God's responsibility. Number eight, allowing people to think whatever they want and not defending myself. Number nine, taking responsibility when I realized I was wrong. Number 10, not trying to force people to be to me what they have decided they don't want to be. I hope that this podcast has helped you. I would love your feedback. Please click the um, the link on the iTunes and leave feedback. Go ahead and subscribe. If you would like a free 30-minute unstuck session, please visit latiapowell.com. That's L-A-T-I-A-P-O-W-E-L-L.com and set up your free 30-minute unstuck session. We can get a lot done in 30 minutes. I mean, you'd be surprised. I would love to sit and have time with you if you would like to kind of talk about these different things and maybe you hear these 10 ways of that granted me peace, but you, you, you need a little help with one of them. Let me know. I would love to sit and talk with you. Um, you make your 30 minute session and I would love for us to sit and talk about it so that we can help you to gain the peace that you deserve. Our lives are meant to be lived on purpose and fully without all of these things that call us angst and anxiety and anger and all of these other things that we have to deal with. So we are to seek peace and to pursue it. And these are 10 ways that help me to do just that. I look forward to um, talking with you guys next week. Same time, same channel. Have a great day.